Welcome to Bite Size Career Advice, where Kendall and I will dig into the challenging world of job searching, career development, career growth, and managing tough work-life situations. Welcome to another episode of Bite Size Career Advice. Here we are again, Kendall, hanging out at your house this time. Oh, yeah. We're super happy that the high school band next door stopped playing for a bit. They took a break. Yes, and all the children that love to ride their skateboards and bicycles and mopeds and (laughs) all outside of your door (laughs) oh yes and they happen to be right outside where i live that's great yeah well today we're going to talk a little bit about work-life balance and really what we're going to talk about more is sustainable work-life balance so for us what that is about being able to look at your life making some small tweaks and changes that can make those changes help you have a more balanced life, help it more sustainable. Because you can't just like change everything at once. It's like when you go on a diet, like no. day, like you're so <laughs> motivated and like Monday comes and you go on the diet and by like 10 o'clock on Monday, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, you can't go cold turkey on anything. Yeah, you got to make small changes. Yes. So there's so much information out there right now about like work-life balance and happiness and what brings you joy and like all this stuff. And I super love that stuff. I love to read about it, eat it up. But I think it's hard sometimes to find things that are appropriate for your life. Like, I'm not just going to quit my job and go find my passion. I do love what I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got to so I got to find find some balance. So and I think balance is a little more of a mindset. I, I think what for me, at least, it's really about making sure that the stuff you don't love doing doesn't take up most of your time and the stuff you really wish you were doing takes up like the littlest amount of time. So I think it's it's really about a mindset and being aware of that. So if you have a few things that are important like family, health, and work and 70% of your time is dedicated to work and then you somewhat try to have hardly divide between the other two, you're probably not super balanced. And that is not sustainable because if you're only putting... 30% of your effort towards health and family, you know, it's not it's not balanced. So there's a ton of podcasts out there that look into this topic from different lenses. But what we wanted to do today is really focus on just a couple of things that we think people can take away. We did a lot of reading, a lot of research. So hopefully we found some some good tips. Again, again, it's trying to create some stuff that's sustainable that will stick with you long term because small changes can turn into big changes down the road. Definitely. So in the spirit of research, we actually, um, during our readings, a corporate executive board did a study in 2006, and 53% of people felt they had good work-life balance. But in 2009, that number fell to 23%. That's a big drop. Huge drop. Uh, The study also showed that the most productive employees were the most well-balanced ones, both in and out of the workplace. That's interesting. Why do you... Such a big drop. So big drop between what, Kendall? 2006 and 2009. Yeah, that's a huge drop. What do you think caused that? Oh, it's cell phones and internet and media. smartphones and and access to that. Yeah, I totally... I wonder what it would be now. Like, if we if we didn't have any of that? Well, no, no, no. I wonder, like, so this is back in 2009. So we're, you know, 10, 10 years later. And I'm just kind of curious, have people over those 10 years started to find more balance or less balance? Or, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's our economic... <laughs> where we're at in the world and the fact that the cost of living has gone up 
and people feel the pressure. And so they're work trying longer, to work longer. Tra- right. Yep. Yep. So right. I, I bet you I, we should probably research and see if there's a newer study. I know. It'd be interesting. But that was interesting. Corporate executive boards are pretty reputable group. So yes. So let's get started and figure out why in the world you do not feel balanced. First, I know we may hate tracking, but track everything you do for a week or two. This will shed some light on where you spend most of your time. How could your routine or habits change or help better balance you? I have a friend that is is an engineer and super, super into tracking and stuff. And she does like um, some amazing tracking. It, like I wish, I like, she is like my tracking goals. I'm organized, <laughs> but really good. But she was able to track some stuff and I'm actually going to find a link because she they think there's a YouTube thing out there. Um, she did some tracking on her workouts and really looking at when she was getting injuries and stuff and she was able oh, to kind of, it was really cool and she was able to see that she needed rest days. I think it's just a matter of paying attention and not being lazy. Yeah. Like actually and remembering to track yeah. because it's like you'll have this goal to track something but then after about two days you're like you oh don't whoops do it. like send a reminder <laughs> and you probably need yeah. to do it for like two weeks i think you need yeah. to i think one week maybe give you some ideas and if you're really like you really want to reach the goals you could probably track for a month although that would be a lot but you could track for a month and really see what that looks like um the uh yeah the tracking part is not super fun but it's definitely necessary for you to see if there's any patterns or things so i think right. that's important um the next thing you need to do, so you do your tracking. In addition to that, you should really write the list of things that are important to you. So write 10 things that are important to you. If you think of day in and day out on a weekly basis, what are 10 things in your life that are going to bring you joy or fulfillment or happiness? So write that list down. Because we're talking about work too, I think you got to throw a couple of work things in there. So work itself might not bring you happiness, but there should be some things that you need to have in your daily work that um that does bring you happiness so kind of add a couple of those things in there you know think about what you want to do more of what you want to do less of and and get really really clear on what is important to you because that's going to be the foundation in which you're going to build start to build out that that work-life balance and, and you'll be a little bit more happier one once you've done your tracking and you've done your list you should compare the two and just see like if there is nothing on your tracking that is what you love doing, you have a little bit of a problem. Then you're probably way out balance. Like there's not one thing on there that you do during the week <laughs> that makes you happy and that's what you wish you were doing. That could be a problem. If there's some things that match, which hopefully that's what most people see, then I think you're on the right track and you probably just need to do some minor tweaks. Um, you know, you wanna, I think the tracking, one of the things it's gonna do is it's really gonna help you figure out like where you're wasting time. So I had an issue where I wanted to do more cardio and, you know, maybe lose a couple LBs. Um, (laughs) My husband reminded me that I watch reality TV sometimes. Not a lot, but I do watch it. And he goes, you know, why don't you just get on the spin bike while you're watching reality TV? Because we can get the, the, the app that you're watching it on is actually on your phone. So he goes, then you could have a whole story about how you lost weight watching reality TV. I was like, that's brilliant. Oh, I love watching Netflix while I'm on <laughs> while I'm on the elliptical. I watch yes. iZombie. You know, if you're watching right. zombies, you're gonna get on spin there, a little you're just gonna go a little bit faster, I guess. I, don't know. I mean it means I would have to put my spin bike in my family room, but that would be okay. 
I don't have people over too often. And then most would just understand. So, yeah. So that was like, <laughs> knew I was probably losing an hour watching reality, reality TV show when I could be on the spin bike and watching the show, which does make me happy, bring me joy to um, also do a little exercise. Well, now that we've deviated from tracking to weight loss shows, <laughs> um, I want to highlight a couple things that we found are also really important. So in addition to what brings you joy or fulfillment, health is really important. Without health, you don't have anything. Health is wealth. Isn't yes. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so take care of your health. So exercise, meditate, take a walk, uh, nurture your relationships. Yeah, that's important. I think it's hard. I, I have a I would say I have a wide scope of people if I think of people I know through work and stuff, but there are probably a closer scope of people that I want to to see. So, you know, I have one friend that um, we get dinner probably every other month. Usually she'll bring her daughter, so she's getting to spend a little bit of time with her. We get to have dinner, and I get to see her and kind of catch up, and we just usually do it at a time that's convenient. I have a previous coworker that I actually meet her at Starbucks, and we'll hang out, or we'll meet for lunch, and we'll hang out every, like, few months, but it's something yeah. that, like, I'll do, and I'll put on the calendar and Yeah, like, yeah, my, my best friend from ever, who I've known forever, will uh, do a walk on a, a Saturday or Sunday morning. And we usually walk a couple of miles and we're chit-chatting the whole way. And so I think, yeah, the nurturing relationship's important because I think you want to just, and you can do, you don't have to do a ton, but just a little bit to stay connected to some people. It's also important to make time for yourself. I feel like so many people do not do this, especially if they have, you know, a large family or just kids in general. Yeah. They are attending and they're working full-time. So they're working full-time and then they go home and they're automatically doing stuff for their family and their kids. And they don't take a small chunk of the evening, just, you know, just a little bit, like half an hour or less yeah. or maybe an hour to maybe read their favorite book or go on a walk or whatever. They don't take the time for themselves. I have a funny me time story. This involves you, Kendall. Uh-oh. When you were in kindergarten. Oh, it's when I called you mommy? No. <laughs> um, no. They All the kids had to write something or draw a picture. Probably not write at kindergarten, so it might have been first grade. Anyways, they, they had to write or draw or draw a picture about what peace means. And one of the little kids in the class wrote, my mommy, my mommy, peace, something about like, my mommy thinks peace is going to the bathroom. <laughs> so I was imagining the mother, like in the bathroom, shutting the door going, give me some peace. <laughs> that was her me time. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was very nice. Uh, but back to health, Kendall. We yes, can get back to no. health. <laughs> Now, health is literally everything. Um, recently, my husband, two weeks before we got married, had a heart attack. A major, major two heart attack. Two weeks. Two weeks before a destination <laughs> wedding. Two weeks. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's a huge wake-up call as to why work-life balance is so important. Um, yeah. Not that he didn't before, but he really pays attention to that now. He, um, We go on for walks. Um, he recently put a stand sit stand desk in his office so that he's not sitting so much. He's just and he's made more time for himself and to work out and all that. So, you know, health at the end of the day, you don't want to get to a point where it's life or death. Yeah, literally. And so we hope when you've made your list of what's important to you, there's something about health on there. 
Yes. A little, at least one, at least one thing. Because they, there's so many studies out there. I mean, I don't meditate, but I do aspire to. So it's like I have like meditation goals, like hashtag meditation goals <laughs> that I would love to do that. But there's a ton of like studies out there that, you know, with anxiety and all that stuff, the meditation, even five minutes a day can actually help you. Um, and there's some really good books and you don't have to be like sitting on the floor and, you know, saying ohm and you can do it in different ways. And so and there's really great meditation apps. Like I think there's one called Headspace, which you can pick the number of minutes that you want to meditate a, a day. One. I haven't used it, but I've heard about it. So again, hashtag meditation goals. It's on my list. You can do to. basic meditation with it um, for free, which is really nice. Are you saying you're ahead of me and you've already you're, you've already started meditating? Oh heck yeah! Oh, I've used it before. I had it on my phone. I don't know what happened. I probably should put it back on my phone. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it because it is free to a certain extent. Then to do more, mm. you have to pay. But you know, but you the, can try it. Yeah, the free stuff that's there is actually okay. pretty. We'll good. put a link. To, we'll put a link to that one in our in our. Um, in our show notes and there's actually a story i'll put a link to it i can't remember the name of the book but there there's a and his name is totally escaping me i should have thought about this earlier but he was um on air he was an anchor news anchor i think it was and he suffered a panic attack on air so anyways he was like the farthest from ever like i'm never gonna do meditation like what is that but he he ended up doing it and um, it, it's helped him. So I'll put a link. There's a book he wrote. So I'll well, put a link to Well, meditation, that. they have shown studies that meditation and um, work, your work life, if you're doing meditation, you're more productive oh. and you're better in your job. That. Okay. So that would be on the list. So again, on your list, health goals, why health is important. Okay. We should probably... Um, so... I think, as I had mentioned before, you know, be really clear on what's important to you and what you want to spend your time on. So, so one of the things is you, if you've tracked your stuff, you kind of can see where you're wasting time, or maybe you, maybe you kind of know where you waste time. But one of the things is, much again, you don't want to like try to do everything in one day. You don't want to say, I'm throwing right. all the crappy food out and starting the diet on Monday, and then by 10 o'clock, you're done. No, you want to make sure you know what's important to you, but you got to set small goals. So if your goal is like to spend more time with your kids, maybe that just means to start like you're consistently reading to them 15 minutes a night if they're at the age where you read to them. Um, or maybe you want to get a little exercise. So you just start by taking a 15 minute walk at lunch. I really, one of the things I want to probably drill home in this is that really small incremental changes are what you can then sustain and will keep it sustainable for long term. So don't pick five things that you're trying to change all in one week, just pick one. And you do that for a week or two. And then and then you move on and you add another thing. Because that what happens is those things start to become habit. So again, set very small goals. And then where you see the area where you're kind of wasting time, like I was wasting time watching, just sitting on the couch watching reality TV. That's where you can see where you might be able to get a little bit more time out of your day. Um, but I do think it works. So again, this is, this is a podcast to talk a little bit about work-life stuff, emphasis on the work. Um, so we should probably, let's go through, we did some really good reading and found some good ideas of where people can try to get, not essentially like working more or working less, but trying to just get more out of your work day by doing some small changes. Yeah. So for instance, learning to create boundaries. So it's really important to set a few boundaries at work. I mean, be realistic. 
but yeah. and you know be realistic when you're having you know setting these boundaries but boundaries are non-negotiable things that are tied into your own health and happiness outside of work so you can't have a bunch of them because they're right. non-negotiables like these are if you're starting a new job and it impacts one of these things you're not going to take the job that's right. how serious they are so like one of my boundaries is i have a love-hate relationship with putting work email on my personal phone I love it because if I go on break during lunch and something urgent comes in, my phone will go go off and I'll check it. But then that's horrible because it's like I'm taking time out of my lunch to rush back to go fix what's ever urgent. Yeah, because then you can't stop thinking about it. So, and then other times I'll be on the couch watching TV or with my family and... I'm looking at my email. Just, I don't even notice that I'm literally looking at my email, but I really, I am. I'm scanning it while I'm supposed to be present and, you know, with my family, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those those things are hard. And I think everybody has sort of different, different kind of non-negotiables, but that's, I mean, that's definitely an important one. So some other ones are, do you want to take the kids to school before going to work? Yeah. Which means you don't, you you can't, start your day until whatever time that is that you that you can get to work you know do you have weekly lunches with friends um that that could be a non-negotiable yeah and maybe you commit to not every week but maybe it's like every other week like twice a month you're gonna have lunch with with these folks and that's what's important to you right and so whatever your boundaries are it's important to have them yeah I mean, I, with, to the email piece, we have a communication tool that we use, um, which is a phenomenal tool, but it also makes it really easy to, for people to, to get a hold of you or for you to respond. Or So I really like want to not be on that tool, like especially on vacation. So I've actually taken that app and moved it to like the third page on my phone. Um, so that I'm not seeing that I have a message and I've turned off the, the notifications. I did it recently because I, I went on a weekend trip. <laughs> it was a vacation. So I was like, I am not responding to email, but I really didn't do it because I had a cocktail at lunch and there was no way I was going to respond to work messages after a cocktail. Oh, that would have been fun. Oh my gosh. Monday morning too. <laughs> like, oh, did I really say that? <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was my boundary for the week. And it's, I am not responding to email or this communication tool messages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, as far as like non-negotiables, so uh, my husband and I both have pretty long commutes into work. And so this non-negotiable came up because both of us um, had moved into jobs with these commutes. So my non-negotiable, I'm pretty far from the office, so I tend to work remote, but my non-negotiable was I'll come in, you know, once a week. I have very, maybe twice a year, I go in more than once a week because maybe we have um, a team meetings or something, but pretty non-negotiable. His non-negotiable was that he needed to be back on public transportation earlier than the day, than the typical commute hours. And the the good thing is we both were in in positions where that was okay and they got it. It doesn't mean we're doing any less work. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, we're working any less hard than anybody else. It just means that, hey, these are our boundaries and we're going to still do the work, but we're going to do it a little bit differently than, than maybe some other people. Right. And another one is work more efficiently. So we did a podcast on not being a Friday slacker, which really digs into working more efficiently. 
In that same spirit, we found an article that was published by a global company and thought it was very forward thinking. They had some great tips that you could implement and actually could implement one or two of them immediately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, and that's all I think we look for. It's just like, we're not, again, it's not implementing like, you know, if we had a list of 25, you're not going to, we don't, but if you're not going to, but just one or two things that may help make you work more efficiently. So one of them being um, when someone asks you to do something, ask for the deadline. Maybe they don't need it right away, but because it's your manager or someone more senior, you might think you have to do it right away. This is a big one. So many people fall for that trap. I've told my, my, I've told my team, just because I ask you to do something, please ask me when I need it by, because I may say, hey, can you do this? And I have a couple people on my team that I know would like want to do it immediately. But I'm just like, look, like if you have 10 other things to do, my item may not actually be top priority. So ask me for when you need it. Another one is prioritize your work. Urgent, important, can wait a bit. Always ask the deadline of a task. Always. I do that a lot. Like, when do you need this by? Um, You know, if you're, if you do, so this is a big one for people who work remote or, or from home or whatever, you should have working hours. Like you should pretty consistently be like, you work from this time to this time. Um, there's actually a lot of um, the new technology and it's really simple stuff. It's like, I work from home in my messenger communication tool in my email, I can put what my working hours on. So actually, if somebody goes to schedule a meeting, it will notify them, oh, that's outside of my work hours. So I think there's some some slight blocks that can help people not just schedule meetings if it's outside of that, that time. Um, this next one I have to actually work on myself is don't be a perfectionist. Ask for help. <laughs> um, I, I don't tend, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't allow people to do stuff because I I think I can do it better. I just get concerned about the burden I'm providing. I'm very conscious about people's workloads. And what I had to start doing was, look, I'm going to ask you to do a lot of things. You've got to come to me and let me know when you're sort of at your max. And so when I do that, it allows me to give that. But but you got to let other people take a chance to do those things and, and have their own successes. Exactly. You can't do everything yourself, Shannon. Right. I know. I'm slowly learning that. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but unplugging. Don't feel like you have to respond to every email when you're outside the office. If it's outside yeah. of your working hours and that's a boundary that you've set. Don't be emailing people from your kid's soccer game. I have a bad habit of doing that. And then when I was doing that too much, my teams just expected, expected, expected. And and when I wasn't doing it, they're like, oh, but you always respond. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's outside of my working hours. So I really had to set boundaries for myself because then you burn yourself out. Totally. And someone had told me one time, and I thought this was like really great advice, and it's about when you like start a new job, think about where you want to be in two years. You know, if you are the person that always responds and then all of a sudden you don't, you look like a slacker. Right. But if you are the person that gets the information and responds an appropriate amount of time, I don't mean let people sit there for two days waiting for you to get back to them. But if you get emails, like I tend to have, I tend to look at my emails in the morning at the end of the day. That's just what I do and I've gotten in the habit. If somebody really needs to get a hold of me, they can text me or find some other way to get a hold of me because there's 
a number of ways, but but I really have those so that that there's no expectation that if you email me in the morning that I'm going to get back to you in the morning. Within like 24 hours or even sometimes 12 hours, I'm going to get back to you. But I think I think that's important. So I think it is important to unplug because if you're getting messages at six, seven, or eight o'clock at night and you're constantly responding, you're not able to shut down. Right. Um, there was one article that was that referred to a book. I feel like I need to read this book because it sounded pretty good. But it was a book by Robert Brooks. He's one of the co-authors. He's a professor of psychology at the Harvard Medical School. And the book was called The Power of Resilience, Achieving Balance, Confidence, and Personal Strength in Your Life. And he had recommended turning off notifications so that you aren't texting, you know, your kid's soccer game or nights out with friends. But he said, by not reacting to updates from work, you will develop a stronger habit of resilience. So the more that you can practice that, the less need you have of that that kind of, you know, invisible string pulling you into to respond to your email. Yeah, and another big one, time off. This is really important. A lot of people will go an entire year without taking any time off, which is bad. So if you're in a role where you get paid vacation, take it. Don't save it up to hopefully get cashed out. Take the time to decompress and recharge because you'll actually be more productive and a better worker when you come back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, when I've taken a sick day that was not really for being sick, I try not to use the day as a day to catch up on housework or errands, but a day where I either do something fun to mentally decompress or sit in bed and watch Netflix all day. So it's like a faux sick thing. Like you're not really yeah. sick, but you're still doing what you would do if you're sick. Yeah. Hang it's, out in bed, watch I guess, Netflix. I guess I shouldn't. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't call it a sick day. It's a. It's a mental decompression. Yeah, mental health day. Mental decompression. I don't know. I like that. I had one years back. I was at a company where we were that we were going through a lot of stuff, and um, there there was a possibility of getting purchased. Just a lot of stress. And I remember sitting in my office, and my chest was like so tight, and it was all from like I was holding all my stress up there. And one of the individuals on my team looked at me, and he knew like what was going on, and he said, "What do you have to do tomorrow?" Or no, I think this was on a Friday. He said, what do you have to do on Monday? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what, what meetings do you have that you that you have to attend? And I was like, none. He goes, you need to take a day off. And I was like, you're totally right. So I, I took the day off. The tightness in my chest went away. I got a pedicure. And I came back the next day and felt so much better. <laughs> but, like, sometimes you just need that. You need to, like, just check out for a bit. Yeah. So. It's important. Yeah. So yeah, that was so every once in a while I'm like, take a day. It's the power of a sick day. Yeah, the power of a sick day. <laughs> um one of the other things I think we should talk about, Kendall, is let's just let's not ignore just kind of how the financial aspect of how that comes into work-life balance. I think we always think about, oh, if I make more money, I can afford to do this or I can afford to go there or afford to do that. Sometimes money does not, more money does not mean happiness. No, I mean, I did my list of 10 recently. And one of the things I realized is I actually have a lot more fun taking short, long weekend trips versus big, long trips. I realized like that is actually I have a lot more fun. So anyways, so I don't need to make more money to like pay for long trips to Europe. I actually just need to take shorter trips, maybe domestically, so it doesn't cost as much. Um, But I I don't think we always have to just make more money 
to, to be happier. I think they even have studies out there that there's like a baseline amount of what people to make that makes them happy. And just because you continually make more money, even if you double it, it it's not like you're double, you know, double happier or whatever. Um, so, you know, you could think about things like, okay, maybe if you had enough money to hire a house cleaner, then you could have more times with your kids. So, you know, that, that could be true, but I do think sometimes having this balance is about trade-offs. And so, it's knowing what you're, what's important to you and figuring out where you can do some trade-offs because sometimes getting a pay raise is as simple as just spending less money. So there's a ton of information out there on financial freedom at all incomes level. This isn't just for people who, you know, who are making a certain amount, but you know, they went through, there's a couple quick tips that we wanted to bring up because I do think that this can factor into that whole world of balance. Um, so one of the things, the first thing to do is create your budget. So there's some great tools out there, mint.com or everydollar.com. Those are great tools, budgeting tools. They're super easy to use. Kendall, I think you said you use mint. I yeah. use every dollar. Um, yeah. So I have it on my phone. I can like throw stuff into their, their areas. And it also alerts you too. Mint's awesome because if you have somebody that like hacks your account or something, it'll alert you. Oh, that you that's have good. fraud. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's nice. So, it's nice. Um, you know, track your spending for like a month or two. Um, what you should do though, is you should take that tracking, look at what ma- the list of what makes you happy and be like, are you spending your money on things that are making you happy? Or is it, 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 are you on kind of opposite ends? Because if you're spending your money on things that don't really make you happy, then that could, could be a problem. Groceries don't make me happy. No. You know, it doesn't make me happy spending double for my daughter's homecoming ticket because she lost it. <laughs> I consider that a, a donation to the school, but I was like, are you kidding me? I did, That does not make me happy. <laughs> um, but I think you need to see where you can, I think if you look at your spending, you can see where you can cut. So, you know, for example, if you watch TV like mindlessly, but you don't even really like it that much, think about cutting your cable. Maybe that allows you to save more money. You waste less time, maybe get an hour back in your day. Um, but there's, again, there's so much information out there about financial freedom and how to sort of hack different things to, to make it easier. But I, I, I do think you don't want to ignore the spending piece. Um, because if you are unbalanced and not happy, you may find that you're spending your money in areas that you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't really align with kind of what's going to make me happier or my values. So a lot of this information, again, the goal is to make small changes so that you can, um, so you really can can be happier and you can make them sustainable. So they're they're long term, you know. As that book referenced, you know, remember productive employees are balanced both inside and outside of work. So it kind of takes both sides. It's not about, and I think what I would like to stress is it's not about being balanced all the time. If you're going to strive, you're not really balanced, but you're going to strive to be fifty or sixty percent balanced, then you're making progress. And you have to remember, work-life balance is different for different people. My work-life balance is different from Shannon's work-life balance. Uh, so we hope from this that you can figure out what yours looks like and then take a tip or two to help you get there. You have to start small and over time make bigger changes. will come. It all adds up. It all adds up. It does, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for topics, reach out to Shannon and I. Contact us at bitesizecareer at gmail.com. Again, that's bitesizecareer at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at bitesize.career.advice. 
Uh, I realize we never said that. Like, yeah, I was no, looking, and I'm like, we've never told people to follow us on Instagram. We put we put pictures up. We put links to our new site. I actually think we should start doing some stories. You Kendall. can you can make comments and say hi. Be nice. Yeah, make comments. We we like nice comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good rest of your day or wherever you're listening to us.